Gwen, I saw a video the other day that went around the internet quite quickly. Uh, it oh was... It, no, it's fine. And even though it does have the headline, uh, PUBG player gifted chicken dinner to strange, by strange naked man, it's not <laughs> as unsafe for work as you think. It's basically, I can sum it up for you very quickly. There is a dude like laying on the floor in just his like underwear. So basically taking off everything that you can take off as a character in the game. So he's a <laughs> dude down to his underwear. The two dudes playing that witnessed this were down to there's one dude left to kill. They turn around, there's this dude laying on the floor. He is the dude. He's right by the very edge of the sort of death fog that's near it. And they just say, hey guys, yeah, you can kill me if you want. You know, it's all good. I, 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 got, I got to the end. I had a good time. You know Aww. what, actually? I'm just going to jump into the fog. It's all good. And then he jumps into the death fog and the two guys are like, oh, okay and then he just goes yeah yeah good game guys and then he vanishes <laughs> it's like pops up on their screens and like, you won it's like okay see now that victory doesn't feel very satisfying though it doesn't feel you didn't <sighs> have that crescendo man like you didn't but when is like that is the kind of stuff that can happen that i find <laughs> so fascinating when someone just decided like the guy that did that didn't know that these other people were streaming or anything at the time like he was just like i'm gonna do this today maybe he's done that like multiple times in games like he manages to survive right to the end and then he does his thing where he's like maybe he's got like this a is suicide pact with, it's like duos right so he's got like a suicide pact with his friend where he's like if we can't both make it neither of us will it's possible i mean it's possible but i i just like the idea that there's a dude that goes around and goes i'm gonna make this interesting little event for someone <laughs> like and Maybe. they're going to talk about it and it's going to and it's that kind of stuff that will happen in video games that i love that you genuinely will then go and talk about but like i was playing this game and this weird thing happened that this person did or that um, this weird thing happened because someone messed with the game or something i find that yeah. fascinating and i'm wondering how because obviously video games are designed everything of it is uh designed so yeah, do I mean, devs you, design you, for that or do like because you hear a lot of times developers saying stuff like and then the community did this and we didn't expect it and it's like that's really wow yeah i've never worked on a multiplayer shooter specifically but multiplayer games are i mean the the glory of multiplayer games is that your content is the stuff that your players can do and so in a way you do want to give them a toolkit to let them you know like express themselves and 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 do things and uh people will always surprise you with what they can do. I mean, okay, so I worked, um, I, I've, <laughs> this is not PUBG. I worked in, on online games before Marvel Heroes Online. I was working on like a, like kids MMOs and MMOs huh. in that kind of space. And that was interesting in a totally different way, I suppose, in that, uh, we tried as hard as possible to limit what we gave the children. We wanted them to allow, we wanted to let them be able to type so they could learn to type and communicate because they're, yeah. you know, they're kids. Uh, but we didn't want them to give away their phone number to a sexual predator or something like that. That makes so, sense. So you, you limit um, the toolkit as much as possible. You try to give them, um, you try to keep them safe, right? And what, what always happens if you look at these games um, like Club Penguin and such, you'll see that kids will always find a way around it. They'll they'll invent a language which is 
fucking amazing to watch. Like they yeah. they will come together and they will like these kids will will determine that this word now means two or moving in a certain way means something. Um or and and they'll they'll literally invent a language and an entire community will understand this weird new language, which is kind of I mean, if you think about it, it, it happens not just in kids games. I guess it happens in like there there's a, a universal language to all games. There's kind of like a a language for each specific game. Like if you drop into EverQuest, people are saying things with acronyms and shit that I just don't fucking understand. Yeah. Like and and that's I don't. I don't play a lot of shooters, but I've played a great deal of MMOs. And I'll tell you, it's really common and really interesting to see these communities sort of form around making these unique languages and and, and understanding each other in this, this weird way. And it's especially cool to be there from the beginning and, and help shape that and form that. It's... Uh, I It just goes into... People will find a way to communicate. Like, I, I'm trying to think for shooters. I guess you got, like, Teabagging is yeah. like I'm sure. <laughs> um, Shooters is not such a thing because, like, with Overwatch, like, because I play so much Overwatch, it's such it's it's the best game. But like, you have little you have a little circle wheel where you can say like, "Hello," like, "I need healing," and stuff. Like, you can say all the stuff you need to say, and you you can use voice chat, and a lot of people will do that. There's a text box where you can type stuff, so it completely opens up communication. But like. Yeah. It was better before the text box. Like, what, well, do you remember you'd run into people in the earlier online games? You'd, you'd meet somebody and then you'd just start jumping. And then if they oh liked God, you, I love that so much, like, they would jump too. And then you'd try yeah. to jump in unison. And it was just the stupidest shit. But it was because your your toolkit was very small. Well, this but is... you wanted to communicate with these other people, you know? Well, this is like, because I'm aware of the story of Keck in World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Like, because this is how... Uh... So what I've heard... Because I will see Keck written online every now and again. K-E-K. In place of LOL. And so what I've been told is that in World of Warcraft, if you would try to speak to... If you were Alliance and you'd try to speak to a Horde player, it would scramble the words so you couldn't see it. Or so you couldn't communicate properly. And it was determined that LOL would like be scrambled into K-E-K, Keck. I, mean, I don't know I how true that is, but this, this is what I heard. I was Leanne's nodding. My girlfriend, sorry, who played a lot oh, of WoW. She's nodding and giving me a thumbs up. Would it actually okay. scramble like what they'd say and everything? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people are going to hear you on the podcast, but... but yeah, basically. Yes, basically. Yeah, we can, I can hear her. Oh, you can hear her? Oh, okay. Yeah. Go on, Leanne. You can be a guest. Yeah, you'd also sort of know that they were laughing because it would also do a laughing emote, like a ha ha ha. So, and then that's how you knew it was lol. Thank you, thank you for guesting, Leanne. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I find I find that kind of stuff super interesting. Where I'm like, huh? But then people figured out the K E K. They were like, that's lol. They've typed lol. And now that's in other games as well. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. All the time, you will see Keck yeah. on like forums. Like people will type it in Overwatch. I mean, it's a Blizzard game, but you see Keck <laughs> everywhere. Like people will just people that were Horde players. That's kind of. Yeah, um, Leanne's pointing herself, saying, oh, she's just inserting herself into this podcast now. One minute of limelight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she will. Uh, if, if you're a Horde player, people will identify themselves online as a Horde player by using Keck instead of LOL. I see it in Twitch chat, like, to this day. Keck. Yeah. 
that's well you have to understand people who are horde back in the day again i i stopped playing during burning crusade but back in the day being a horde was a point of pride because there was way more alliance than there was horde and so you were always outnumbered especially on pvp servers and stuff yeah um it was just a like the alliance always got everything first because they had more people and it was always so much easier to be alliance you were always oh. super outnumbered if you were if there was a fight on the world map anywhere and so um it, it was a point of pride to be horde i'm just saying like it was the better faction I'm just saying you know, i mean you i ones. again i don't i didn't play well during this whole period that these strong bonds were created with alliance or horde personally i'd pick alliance because i think their thing their world looks nicer i don't just want to run around in like some people just like brown. to take the easy road i guess chris light but and that's that. fine and that, Gwen. Uh, I'll take the easy road. But I don't know. It's all bright and colorful and they get to wear cool stuff. I'm like, oh, I'd rather do I'd rather live that life than the hard, lava-filled life. <laughs> no, I wanted, I wanted to be that cow person. I wanted to be the Tauren. Tauren's a cool <laughs> Every character. Okay. Like, I, I only changed from Tauren because, like, they can't play all the classes. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway. This is... So, <laughs> the thing that I'm mostly interested in, though, is, like... So stuff like uh, what, what was it called, Grift Ball, that was in Halo, that was yeah. they created the uh, I, oh god I forget the name of it. Uh, they created basically the create your own map mode, and I'm completely blanking on the name of it. But then someone created like a let's play a version of football in this, and then it became something that was put in later games as like an official that's a, thing. That's a totally different thing. That's not even communication. That's just like not communication. Going nuts. Yeah, yeah, but like it's, I like it's... Uh, like if you're if you're talking about communication, I think some of the more interesting things are experiments there have been um, not. I like it when when people congeal on uh, a new like form a new language specifically for a game. That's always crazy to me. And another thing I thought was crazy was um what is it Demon Souls. And yes. Dark Souls. The way people you're you have this experience. This is a single player game. But as you go through, if you beat a boss, you see scrolled all over the world people who are just like, I did it, congratulations and it's like you're you're sending these messages, you're connecting with people across time and and space literally literally like other people have beaten this and they feel good and you see that and you currently feel really good and it, it's just like this weird human connection in fucking dark souls which is so souls weird is a really good game for that sort of stuff as well because it has such a limited palette of how you're going to communicate with anyone else exactly and Oh, oh god like that i mean that's a whole thing in and of itself where like i basically love things in games where you feel like you're used to what the world is and you're used to how the game works but then something happens that like involves like an actual human doing something in your game so yeah. dark souls is a really good example of that the first time you ever got like invaded and you're like wait yeah. what's happening and there's another player in your game and you're like whoa wait the what the fuck because Dark Souls explains nothing to you, and it was like, what is happening here? And you're fighting a dude, and yeah, I love that kind of stuff. There's no there's no content like other people interacting, like real life people interacting. There's no is like as a as a game developer, you'll never make content that is as random and unpredictable 
and kind of cool is that and it's definitely a double-edged sword my god like the second you allow people to interact you have to you're now responsible for that you know what i mean mm, yeah which is yeah. bad like it's not that's when you get like the other side of it the griefing the the actual sexual predators that are going after these children um in these mmos the you know like the the bad side of it is definitely there too so it's it's a huge thing to take on it's a huge responsibility and a huge risk anytime you you add something like that to your game it just is but my god isn't it fun right like it's yeah good. like the what I, f- I guess like you said because you feel some sort of ownership over it as well the p- the part that i find interesting is like you say like how much of this is actually like in your experience at the very least like you were saying like there's like kids coming up with ways to communicate numbers to each other had any of the dev team because obviously the reason you didn't give them numbers was for a really serious reason so it's like okay no numbers that's why that's why we're doing that but then what do you do when you realize that they're using other systems to communicate numbers like is there even any thought that like oh this could well, be what that. are you gonna are you gonna outlaw the ability to write tree because everybody in the community knows that tree actually means three Oh, so that's but, what like where you're playing whack-a-mole yeah like they they basically came up with other words that were similar <laughs> sounded like the numbers yeah and um and it gets more complicated than that obviously but like the you it puts you in a position where it's like okay are you gonna ban communication entirely mm. like at some point they're gonna get around this you know uh people are like the collective minds of all of your players is more than your tiny ass dev team can keep up with it's just reality mm. um so i don't know what you could do so working from a stance like because you say you worked on another mmo that wasn't just aimed at children like working on the stance where it's like you're not worrying about protecting people i've mm. always been interested in the idea because like i said earlier like you'll hear developers say and then the community came up with this and we didn't expect it which a part of my more cynical brain will always think like but you created absolutely everything in this video game this whole world is a construct it doesn't exist without you making something so is there ever things that are made that you go like i mean there's bound to be right but things that get made that you go oh well if i put this sphere shape in here and I, maybe they'll make a ball like they'll they'll make a football game and then totally. they do or they don't like and they do something yeah. else like i don't know how much of that you can account for or even try and put in the game via the systems god this is a whole conversation here i mean it totally depends on how granular your, your game is right like there's mm. no way to know absolutely every combination of things you can make in minecraft like you've given the people the ability to move around these cubes people are going to move around these cubes you know like mm. you've given people this tool to make things and it, it also goes down to like there minecraft is a, a specific example of a game where you can totally shape the world right yeah but there's a and there's a lot of games like that now where you can totally shape the world in rim world you can figure out the you know you you have a grid you can you can do things with that there's um no way to know every combination of things that people can do and there's absolutely no way to see them all like literally every combination of every randomly generated world how people could manipulate that and change it like there's just no way to see it all so of course you're going to be surprised when you make a game that's that granular Mm. um and you'll you'll probably end up surprised when you give people very little people are creative 
They'll come up with weird shit to do with whatever tools you give them. Like, that's just reality. People want to, and they want to surprise you. There's something fun about doing something. There's something fun about being creative and making something and, and surprising people. It's just, It feels really good when you surprise the developers with something you've made with, with their stuff, you know? Like, that just feels good. So, I, uh, this is just something where if you have, if you want more of that, then you give people more and more granular tools, mm. um, and you allow yourself to, that you're, you're giving yourself more and more of the ability to be surprised versus if you give people like, like there's very little innovation you can do if you don't give people a chat box and you give people just like a gun on a progressive, you know, like multiplayer shooter map, there's very yeah. little invention that can happen there versus a something like Fortnite where you can build more stuff mm. versus something like as you get closer to Minecraft versus oh my god you're gonna eventually you get into things like what um like the like what is it Google Daydream they're making over a media molecule or not Google Daydream just the, the things yeah 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 I know the thing you mean uh, yeah everything everything media molecule does actually like they've always interested me because at some point the They've really aggressively blurred the line between making a game engine versus making a game. <coughs> Excuse me, I was In choked on the idea. <coughs> yes, no, 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 I agree. Little Big Planet. I see. I never liked Little Big Planet that much, mm -hmm. mostly because I didn't find the building of things that engaging. That's another. That's a whole sideline. Yeah, it, it did feel like it skewed young, and it wasn't for me, and I didn't play it much. But I did like what it represented. Yes, that's um, where I can agree. Way, I feel like Minecraft also kind of skews younger. It does, but know. man, that game that game is fun. Yeah. I think, anyway, sorry. I'm saying that think, like a declarative. No, I, and I think the you still see, these are like the, this is, you hook the children with this and then they get into Unity and they, like, people want to make things. That doesn't go away when you get older. You just move to more, you know, professional tools. And, it, like, it's the same way every game designer you talk to today, how did they get their start? They were modding a map in their favorite game and mm. then they moved into you know deeper and deeper tools like that's just how it always is right yeah no i agree it's yeah there's a lot of so one of the things i wonder is like how do you bit like build towards like can you even know that you're going to do that because it must be a difficult prospect to rely on for like for example media molecule it must be a difficult prospect to rely on making a video game where you're like we're relying on other people we're not relying on other people to make content for the game to exist but the point of this game is that people sit and make things and then share the things of each other and then they all play each other's things how like that must take a lot of like worry or just confidence in the platform to make Man. something like that and put it out there like and how do yeah. you even foster that community and how Shit. does that grow because i mean they had they have sony pushing it and with little big planet they had the advantage of like cute characters and it was i can see how that was marketable by sony but mm -hmm. this one is much if it, it still feels so ethereal in what it even is like even yeah. years after seeing this game turning up at e3's I still get this sense that myself and like a bunch of people are like, cool, but what exactly is it? Like, <laughs> what do yeah. I do? It is, they are going to have an interesting marketing problem. And if you have the answer, Lord knows, like let the world know because the, there is a huge, huge problem when it comes to making a multiplayer game, any multiplayer game, mm. whether it's uh, 
a shooter or a game like what what Media Molecule is doing, where you need a certain number of players to be with shooters, it's harder because you need a certain number of players playing at the same time. Well, yeah, there was uh, Lawbreakers Breakers was a whole there, thing. There's a lot of pancakes multiplayer mm. games that just didn't get a didn't didn't get a community didn't hit, mm. and if you don't hit, you die. That's especially true for those. It's less true for what Media Molecule is doing because they don't need everybody to be online at the same time. No. People make things and they share them, so in that way it's a bit easier. But still, they are relying on... the. I I don't think they're relying on that. I think they what they're going to do is they're going to make a strong single-player campaign. They've got to, right? Because that was the thing Little Big Planet had in its favor, was it was a platformer. like, And you could instantly understand that. And you could get how the you could be taught how everything worked through that single player, and then they say, "Well, now here are simple tools to build things yes. yourself." And then this game and can I, keep living. And so, I mean, you see that you see a lot of these games where they rely on multiplayer. They always have um, two components, right? Like uh, if you think back to StarCraft, mm. you saw that they there was a single player campaign for StarCraft. Mm-hmm. The real StarCraft was the multiplayer yeah. one. For some people, the real StarCraft was a single-player one. But they basically me. make two games. Yeah. Right? Like, they... um, And you'll see that with shooters, they don't do that so much. And maybe that's probably why some shooters pancake. Um, and you'll see... You see it from the other angle, too. You'll see... Uh, a lot of people who are making single-player games will tack on some multiplayer experience yeah. just to extend the life of the product. That was a big thing during, like, the Xbox 360 era. That kind of felt like, which was, was like, big... gotta put this multiplayer in somehow, and there were so many multiplayers that would come out and people would go, this oh, yeah. sucks and there's no need for it. <laughs> like, every... I mean, I worked on Bioshock Infinite, the pressure to include some kind of multiplayer from... Yeah. Like, just the world telling you you need to do that is real. Mm. Or you get, like... Uh, I mean, and sometimes it's great. I thought the the multiplayer in Assassin's Creed was actually really good. Um, yeah. I So, I, I don't know where I'm going here. But a lot of times when you make games like this, you end up making two games. Making a multiplayer game and a single player game at the same time is making two games. Like, no no mm. question. Right? Um, so, I think what Media Molecule is probably going to have to do is they're going to have to make a solid single player campaign with their tools uh, to prove that it's possible. And then... I mean, I don't know how you convince people that the real game is the level editor. Well, this has been... I mean, again, this is... Because obviously the... It's weird because it's difficult for me to pull my head out of that... Uh, uh, out of that bubble of being the person that thinks about games all the time. Because in my head, I'm like, well, I've had years of them kind of showing me... I still don't know what it is, like how I interact with this. But I know that they want me to build dreams yeah and the, it definitely... like I'm a, but i don't know how you then communicate this to the outside world when this video game comes out and i don't know they have a lot of advantages in that they have this brand from of us this studio brand because they're the ones yeah. that made little big planet so when they say we're making a game where you can build things and express yourself creatively uh, and by building levels it's kind of like well yeah because that's what they do mm. whereas if somebody you know like random ea random activision studio made it it wouldn't hold quite as much weight. People may not jump from A to B as quickly. You know what I mean? That's true. You stick from the makers of Little Big Planet, you instantly have that recognition of what that interaction is. So yeah, exactly. That's and you true. see this. It's cool. Like a lot of game developers will kind of stick within a brand. You know what you're getting when you're getting a Firaxis game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like you, game game studios kind of form a niche. It's very rare you get a game studio that's just kind of like 
ping-ponging around uh, in different genres and such. Yeah, it generally, like a Blizzard who sort of kind of like do stuff like that, it's a, it, it's, it's a rare breed. Blizzard's of... brand is different. It's We will take the time to make a very, very polished, mass-market, palatable X. Yeah, like, and where yeah, X is the, the best thing that version changes. of something that exists highly, already. Highly polished, maybe. Mm, yeah, which they and they worked for that. I mean, they they branched out because they initially were like, if you think about back in the day, they were StarCraft, Warcraft. They were very similar games. Yeah. They seemed like they were on a trajectory to make those, and they bought Starcraft, Blizzard North. Warcraft, Diablo. Yeah. Yeah, they bought Blizzard North. Like that wasn't made at, at Blizzard Prime down. Um, they they bought Dave Brevik Studio, which was how they they bought Diablo basically, and then they kind of like rolled into this behemoth that they are. Yeah, they're like, interesting. Overwatch feels like such an like. I feel like again, I don't know how much this felt like a huge risk to anyone or anything, because they did they did it so perfectly with the reveal of Overwatch, which mm-hmm. was. Okay, you've heard nothing about this. Here's this new game that we're working on. Here's this cinematic. Here's all, like, half an hour of gameplay footage immediately. (laughs) Here's, if you're here at BlizzCon when we're revealing it, go into that next room and you can just play it right now. Also, in about a month, you can be on the closed beta to play this right now. So it really felt like, again, not many companies could do this, but it really felt like they... As much as it is, it could feel like a gamble. I immediately was just like, yep, I get it. And I'm going to buy it the day it comes out. Because I'm <laughs> seeing everything about this game immediately. And it's out quite soon. Yeah. I mean, they've got, they've got every money. advantage at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they earned it. I'm not going to knock them. Like, no, they, they, I love that company. It's not like this company came from nowhere. They fucking worked for it over the decades. But well, like, this was, yeah, the other thing with Overwatch where I was immediately like... It immediately felt like they were making the game for me because I've I've never fully clicked with a Blizzard game. I've always enjoyed Blizzard games, but none mm-hmm. of their games have been the like the Warcraft or the Starcraft for me, which uh-huh. is the game. Oh, this is the game I play all the time and I love it. Whereas the minute I saw Overwatch, I was like, oh, they've done it. They've finally done a game that I'm going to yeah. fucking sink my life into. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, they it crushed was exciting. It. No doubt. But, um, yeah, I do I do find these sorts of games that people that have the human element in them when interesting things start happening. Like you read like it's such a boring game, but when you read the stories about uh is it Eve? Eve. Yeah, they You said go. boring game with good stories yeah, I knew. It's Eve. Like Eve. Yeah. Obviously Eve. God. Yeah. God that game's boring, but God, that game's got some interesting think pieces about it, though. My Shit. God, I yeah. Oh, when you see like these graphs that they make, which is like this is the size of this battle that happened yesterday, and it's like what? And it's like, and it's also actually for millions of real dollars. Yeah. But if but what? if you're actually in the game, you realize it's like the most. You are oh, God, literally so the grunt. It's it's yeah. like real life. It's like. It the battle looks epic, but you're just the asshole over here moving the bullets from here to here. Yeah. Like it's uh being a part of it is not epic. No. But the the idea is epic. That's just like real life. Oh dude, Man. it's like that the idea that there is a game that exists like that. Like I remember this was so long ago now, but I remember 
a friend of mine telling me about his girlfriend's brother who played World of Warcraft. And we were just sitting talking about stuff like secondhand story where it was like, man, he's such a high level in this video game that he like people bow to him. Like he walks through, people bow in game. And I was like, you fucking what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. In, that's a thing that happens in this video game. And that like was so evo evocative and exciting to all of us that we were like, whoa, there is the game where like, you're so good that others in the video game respect you. Like that's a whole w world that exists in there. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. Like, and those stories were so interesting. Like when you hear the stories of raids people have done and people tell you these stories, like they're things that happened. Like they, they don't tell you like, and I was playing this game. Like they tell you the story of like, oh, and here is the tale of the time we ran whatever dungeon it was. And it's like, oh, yeah. I live for that stuff. See, for me, I had a very different experience. Like when I think back on World of Warcraft, because you got to keep in mind, I was one of those people that like- You lived it, yeah. I, I lived it. I almost dropped out of college so I could yeah. play more WoW. Like I was guild leader in the second best rating guild of Tychondrius. Like it was stupid. And I just think of it as like, it was a job. Yeah. Like, I woke up every day and I logged in and I managed people and it, like Leanne was a I guild leader as well, by the way, who we, we spoke yeah. to. Yeah. She also lived that uh that life. <laughs> Managing people's emotions, dealing with um promoting certain people over other people. Who's the main tank now? The main tank has left the guild for the because we were the second best guild, so any the the best guild always poached our goddamn people. So um trying to convince people Oh God, the uh, Burning Crusade wrecked us when we went from like a forty-man raid down to two uh, twenty-five-man raids. I think it was. Yeah. It was just like this is no longer, like I think of it as a job. <laughs> oh God. You've ruined my job, guys. Yeah, it. But it's so real. It's it's I, like I, a whole. Uh, I know that the minute they invent either the Matrix or the Hollow Deck, that's me. I'm gonna live there. You know, like Lieutenant Barkley on Star Trek. I'm not going to be yes. as creepy as him, but that that sort of thing where it's like, oh, this is where he is, like, all day. Like, he lives in this now. Like, that's him. I can see me doing that. Because the minute I can interact with a world that deep where I don't actually have to worry about anything, but I can just get so caught up in it. Oh, my God. I love the idea it's of It's over that. for you. That's the last yeah. time we hear of Chris Light. Yeah, I will. It. I'll have to log in to communicate with you. I'm so, we're so lucky that VR makes me ill. <laughs> the minute I could put on like, cause putting on a headset or anything, it's still not there. It's still not there for me. Like I'm like, it's cool. And I've done the Vive before and the fucking time I went in the loading room, I was amazed. Like it was so cool. I, I put this headset on and I was just in this, cause we were in the, like I was working in a, I was renting a desk in an office at the time. We were all friends and like there was a couple of companies in there of all people I knew and it was awesome. And they got a vibe in and I was just in the office and then I put this headset on and these headphones and I'm like, I am in such a big room now. And this is amazing. There are no walls in this room. And I was, I was in there for like half an hour, despite the fact that I was starting to feel sick. I was like, Oh no, I don't care. This is so cool. I'm going I'm in job simulator and I'm just hucking stuff at people and <laughs> this is the best. And yeah. oh my I god. I have a I have a really vivid memory of that. Like I remember I think it was the probably like 
a year or two ago. Mm. It was in the winter, and I was uh, <clears throat> like, I needed some money because things were tight at work, and mm. I, I wasn't sure what was going on. So I, I was scared. So I picked up a contracting gig doing this um, VR project for NASA, where you're like, huh. it, it's not as cool as it sounds. It's I was oh. working for a marketing <laughs> firm that was working with NASA, where you were this, and you were this astronaut that was walking around on Mars. That's um, and still kind of cool. It was cool. It was a cool project, and I had the vibe and stuff. And uh, like, I have a ton of stories about working in VR, and yeah, I get nauseous too. But yeah. um, I remember there was this day when I'm like, I'm overworked because I've working my full time at work at the time, and I'm working on the weekends on this project that I'm really like, not my heart's not in it, and mm. it's just a grind. And I just leaned back in in the Unreal opening. Like Unreal's got an entry map if you just start a project and there's nothing in it. That's just a blue sky. Yeah. And, a, and you're standing on a grid. And I'm sitting here and I loaded into that because um, I was I hadn't opened the project yet. And I just looked up at the sky and I just sat back and I just stared at the sky for like, I don't know, 10 minutes, I think. Mm. And it just because it was it, that was one of those winters where it was like Boston was getting pounded and it yeah. was cold and I haven't left the house in days. And I, you know, and I'm stressed out. And I had this moment where I just sat back and I just looked at the sky and I knew it wasn't real, but I just, in that moment, felt so much fucking peace. Yeah. Like, and it just felt so good. Like, it just captured this feeling that I needed in that moment. Mm. And I I see so much potential in VR. So much that it almost yeah. scares me. Like For, the, for the those reasons. That, the idea that you're, what you just said, where you're like, you're casually saying, yeah, I would have been in the real world and lived yeah. in VR. Yeah. Like that's maybe, I don't know, like, is that... That's bad, Gwen. That's not good. <laughs> like, it's not good. You see that, that, like, what is it? the In the episode of Futurama where everyone gets sex robots and the world ends. Like, it's like, because everyone like, oh, stops doing everything anymore. forever. We're done with this. Yeah, yeah, it's like, there's no reason for me to do anything. I've got this sex robot. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. But, like, I, it, I don't think it's good. Like, I don't think it's a good instinct. But there's definitely that feeling of like and, and it was i remember when i took the helmet off coming out of that loading room and suddenly like rather than being in this beautiful perfect white room that went on forever like as mm. far as you could see and it was just like oh and i could bring up my menu and do all stuff it was like, oh i'm back in the office and, and suddenly the world feels smaller like because i'm in a smaller room and i was always in a smaller room but that was the part that my brain just accepted and i was like that's a that's the part that i found more amazing than doing job simulator or anything was the moment that i realized my brain had accepted it was in a larger space than it actually it's, was and dude, i was it's like it's a oh. simple shit it's not like this stuff where you're running around and walking in circles it's just yeah. sitting there and looking around in a space and being somewhere else it's going to be the interactions where you can interact with somebody from the other side of the world um, yeah. and see them and feel like you're in the same room as them that's the shit that's that's cool and interesting and that's oh. the shit that's something Man. Yeah, no, I find that that's it it's 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 the stuff that your brain accepts that I found so that I was like, "Oh, okay. This could oh, actually okay. work now because I was not thinking about being in a large space anymore. I just accepted I was." Yeah, I remember like if I would spend a day being like working in VR and I was work what I was working on was um trying to figure out things like where your elbow is mm. when you cuz you have these the Vive controllers. Yes. Um, and I was trying to like solve for where the elbow should be based on the position of the headset and huh, the, um, yeah. the controller, which is actually like a really like there's a lot of bullshit guess and check. Maybe this will happen. Like uh, just kind of guessing based on somebody's 
based on these rotations where your elbow is and stuff. Mm. But um, so I was doing that and I was doing it for like a full day and then I took off the Vive and I did not accept my hands and my arms as <laughs> oh, being no. mine anymore. I was just like, this is wrong. I, this, I, I felt like this was the wrong thing. Like my wrists are not this small. Like I don't, this is not me. Oh, I Jesus. am like it, it, it was super jarring actually. Like I felt, uh, I can't explain it. I've, no, I know what you specifically, mean. Specifically, I was like, the diameter of my arms is incorrect. Mm. Like this isn't real. Wow. <laughs> it's it's those it's... little things. Like I say, the, the the brain will be like, okay, well, this is the size of our arms now. So let's move on with everything else that we're going to think about and just accept that that's what reality is now. And then you pull yourself out of it and you're like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta get used to this shit again. What happened to my giant yeah. arms? <laughs> There's a lot of stories about people that work in VR of just random things. Like it completely fucks with your appetite. Oh, like really? you'll find yourself not feeling hungry for long periods of time and then being starving all of a sudden or vice versa. Uh, you'll find yourself just sweating. <laughs> just sweating? Just sweating. Like something about VR makes you really sweaty. At least for, for me and a couple anecdotally people I know that have worked in it. Like you'll you'll put it on and maybe it's a like it's a big headset that's. Kind I was of gonna warm. say I would imagine it's that right and you've that's... got all these computers on and maybe you've basically got a giant hat on your head. <laughs> yeah, I I mean that's that's probably part of it. But you end up in the, like this you'll you'll stop working for a day and you're like shit I ate nothing and I'm covered in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to lose weight by the sounds of it. Oh, it's not. <laughs> I didn't eat and I'm sweating like. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, part of it I is say also, good way. <laughs> it kind of always makes you low key nauseous. Yeah, that's all part the time. of why like you're not as hungry. Maybe. Maybe, I like I, the Vive was the first time that I was really in VR for about half an hour, and when I took it off, I was like, ooh, because I remember my first time using an Oculus years before at a convention, and immediately I felt sick. Like I put it on my head, and it was like some space game, Eve Valkyrie. And all that happened was my glasses steamed up and I felt sick. And I was like, yeah, VR sucks is the answer. <laughs> like, this thing is rubbish. It is not the future. Like, that was my opinion from there on in. I was like, yeah, it's cool unless you wear glasses and get travel sick. I was about to I say the both. one thing, glasses, like glasses and VR don't go together. Nope. But in the Vive, <laughs> in the Vive, I just didn't wear my glasses. I was like, you know what? Everything's going to be a little blurry and I'll eventually get a headache. Like, it's way worse now, I find, when I don't have my glasses. But mm. at the time, I wasn't as bad with the vision, so I could go without glasses. But yeah, gotcha. it was... That's another thing I guess I need to figure out. Or I just need to wear contact lenses when I do it. Like, Yeah, one or the I other. just switched to contacts. Yeah. Like, but, when I started using yeah. the Vive. Oh, did you? You were like, contacts time. Yeah. Mm, makes sense, Gwen. Yeah, there, there's some... There's some interesting stuff happening in the world my god yeah dude this is the future is like careening towards us like it's crazy this stuff is this stuff is crazy and everybody knows it oh yeah that's the thing there's nobody that's like oh vr is totally a fad and ar will never have everybody knows this is the future yeah big companies are spending big companies that are not stupid are spending a lot of money on these things now so it's like mm, i mean you can always <laughs> Like, you can always say big companies have spent a lot of money on a lot of stupid things, which they have. But, I don't know, this... When you can see it and you go, hmm, I can understand why this would be useful. 
Like, I can see how this could help. Like, AR in my phone, I get why Apple is spending so much money on that, because immediately combine that with Google Maps, I, it can be easier. Like, I, could, I don't have to be looking at my phone and walking down the street trying to find where I'm going. I can actually be aware of what's happening around me. Did you see those glasses that Intel have made? Uh, which ones? They've made they've made these this technology in glasses that beams a super low laser into your retinas, which sounds awful. But what it does it, sound awful. Yeah, but they have to calibrate it. To, so like basically, you don't need giant bulky glasses like Google Glass that make you look creepy. Like it's I got a camera on my face, and it's like yeah, that's creepy. No one wants that. But the way this works is like you it from the very side of the arms of your glasses. It beams a laser into your eyes, which they claim is not going to damage your eyes. And I watched a video on The Verge all about this. And so the guy used it and confirmed that it works and whatnot. And it will just pop up little bits of text. Yeah, like in in the very bottom of your glasses, you don't see it when you're looking directly at someone. But the idea is when you look down and to like the right or the left... You can see perfectly in focus because they they calibrate them to your eyes, text or whatever, and it's crazy that I'm like, oh, that can that can just work. Like they're they're claiming like, oh, this isn't going to be used for like notifications all the time or anything like that because that sounds like a horror show. Like oh, I don't want to know that I've got a mention on. <laughs> you don't want Discord popping up in your eyes constantly. <laughs> yeah. But like for things walking down the road with like, turn left. Like stuff like that, or like take a right on this street. You're like, you mm. don't have to I mean, have anything. I like, I like the idea of having overlays over the world for all kinds of reasons. Like if I'm looking around and looking at restaurants, and I can just see like the Yelp score by looking around. <laughs> like okay, that one's four out of five. That one's three out of five. Like that would be kind of cool to just see an overlay over certain things. It needs to be something you can take off, though. That's the other thing. Because do you want a computer on your face, <laughs> like all time? Because with your phone. You can consciously put it in your pocket or turn it off or whatever. Mm. You need to have that level with something like AR where it's like, okay, now it's gone. Because I wear glasses all the time. Yeah. So, like, this thing would potentially be on my face all the time. Like, so you'd need that control to be able to not have AR in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are all questions we're going to have to figure out. There's just so many, like, it's just so high theory right now. Um, yeah, it's weird. That but the, the thing is, we know it's coming. Like yeah. the, the conversations are always are never like, "Will this hit?" It's always like, "When?" Well, this is the thing. Is Intel have made these, out? and it exists, and it works, and they're now shipping them out to developers to say, "Figure out how you do things with this," because <laughs> they've just made the technology. Like they're not doing anything <laughs> they have else. The with problem it. we were talking about earlier for game developers, where it's like you need to make your single player campaign first so yeah multiplayer like you got to make those first few apps man that's the point Mm. that's why i I believe google has a chance is because like they will make those first few apps and they'll be good google will google are in the business of getting your data like that's that's their money like yeah which you know is is good and bad i've got a google home in my life now like a little home mini uh Mm -hmm. and it's great it's so good i love having a little thing that i can say hey hey google and my phone's gonna there you go there's my phone going blink no thanks google it's not actually you um because i got a pixel 2 as well um it will like play the play the radio and it will play the radio for me uh or like 
uh, what's what is this thing? And it will answer questions. And that's a totally different. Like now we're we're just whiplashing into a totally different conversation. Oh, but this more is like the. This the is the Alexa and yeah. This is the this is the fu- this is the present. Like this isn't even the future. This is the present that we actually live in right now. Yeah. I'm getting to the point where it's full Star Trek, because Star Trek feels like what I'm writing all of these things on. Right, like I've already uh-huh. referenced the Hollow Deck, and I want to be able to go computer do this. <laughs> like I really want to change the name of Google to computer, just so I can be like computer turn on the lights, and it does it. Like uh that's a oh dream. God. And I can do that. I can tell, I can ask Google to turn on my lights because I've got smart lights. So <laughs> it'll do it. Turn on Jesus. the lights in the living room and it's like, bump. Well, I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> yeah, man. This is, we are living in the future. There's no doubt. And it's only like, it's only going to get more extreme very quickly. I'm, it's impossible to know how things will change. Uh, it, it's just a really, really exciting time, like to be alive. <laughs> If you, are, if you are crazy, into consumer like it technology, like it really is. If you're is. into anything, like this is a really exciting time to be alive. I feel ever there's no sphere. I mean, maybe because I, I live where I live and I'm, I meet people who are like professors or like at the bleeding edge True, of what they yeah, do every day. Because I'm surrounded by, like I'm 10 minutes from Harvard and 10 minutes God, from MIT. God, those robots are where you are as well. Boston Dynamics. Yeah, Boston Dynamics, robotics, like <sighs> every... Every field is on fire right now. Like, we are, I swear to God, like, 10 minutes from a renaissance. Like, it, as a world mm. right now. And and fucking in, in everything. In technology, in civics, in science. In, like, everything is careening into the future at a rapid rate right now. Yeah, the future's crazy. And we're gonna, we're, we're living in it. So, oh my God. good times yeah. ahead. Good times are ahead. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited for everything. Chris Light, thank you. I'm excited for doing this podcast, Chris Light. Thank hey, you for doing it with me. Me too, Gwen. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, hey, why not tell a friend and mark it for us? That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.